going on? Welcome. Special edition of the Morning Grind podcast. Dan Bach hanging with you today. And uh, you've probably seen it here on Roto Grinders this past week. Also going to see it there today uh, on Fridays. We're making our premium crunch time show free. And it's presented by an app called Big Brain. And joining us today is Nick Bonadio, the creator, the uh, founder of Big Brain. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this app. And why you as daily fantasy players, like this is right up your alley. So Nick, welcome back to the podcast. And uh, it's it's good to chat. Now, lot, some people might not know your background here. So let's take him through uh, how, you know, your relationship to DFS will start there and fantasy sports. And then we'll kind of get into big brain. So tell everybody about your background, where you, where you came from, what you did. Sure. So, uh, well, I'm a Scorpio. I like long <laughs> walks on the beach. Um so, yeah. So, you know, I think this may be the second or third time I've been in your podcast or I've been yeah. on your radio show a couple of times. So for those who don't know, I was the CPO of FanDuel for a couple of years. Um, before that, I founded a company called NumberFire. Uh, NumberFire got bought by FanDuel. Um, so, you know, definitely have, a you know, <laughs> been around the DFS game quite a bit. You know, if anyone remembers some of the early days at FSGA, you know, I remember hanging out with Cal and, you know, Jeremy Levine. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, I, I'm, I've, an old school grinder. So, you know, shout out to everyone who's been around for a while. Um, yeah. So, you know, like FanDuel was, was obviously super, super great experience and, you know, so much fun. Um, but, you know, having founded number fire, I'm an, I'm an early stage guy. I'm a founder. I like to get into things like, I like risk and I like, I like stress. I, I don't like sleeping much. So I wanted to start a new company. Well, and it's funny because the one thing you didn't mention in your intro, which I think is like the most. You're gonna make interest- me say it, aren't you? Is, is You're gonna the, make it, me say it. it. It's just like the it's the thing that brings it all together with Big Brain Trivia app. Is you were on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis, and you yes. won, and you got on stage, and you did a goofy little dance, <laughs> and you know that kind of propelled you. Um, we talked previously about you know yeah. being able to to do Number Fire, and to me, it's pretty awesome to see how it's kind of come full circle because you know that yeah. was trivia. Then you move into fantasy, and now you're doing kind of trivia fantasy combo. And uh, I love it. I love that aspect of this story. That story is the rug that ties it all together. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I was on Millionaire like a decade ago with Regis, as you said, won $100,000. And literally, you know, I was working as a software engineer for, you know, a startup, and I literally quit my job the next day, like the day after it taped to start NumberFire. Um, and, you know, when we started NumberFire, you know, this was way before a lot of the advanced uh, statistics companies. This is before second spectrum. This is before, um, you know, like, uh, you know, swish and a lot of companies like that. And so we were just so, so early with what we were doing. Um, But yeah, so, you know, it's very likely I wouldn't be here without trivia. I'm talking to you, which is sort of a a sort of interesting uh, full circle, as you said, but the other thing that's true is when I look at my life and I kind of think about the passions I have, you know, I, I like sports and I like trivia and I already started a sports company. So now I got to start the <laughs> trivia company. So that's sort of what I'm doing. Okay. So let's give everybody the, um, the quick rundown on exactly what big brain app is. Uh, Cause well, it's, it's fairly actually, new. It's only been yeah. out for about a week. Yeah. So a week. Yep. Uh, yeah. So like, this is the ideal audience for it because this is the only place I can make this analogy. It is literally the fan duel of trivia. Like, you know, like if I go and tell that to some investor who, who, who isn't as savvy as your audience, they won't know what the hell I'm talking about. So, you know, 
Trivia, like fantasy sports, is a game of skill. And when things are a game of skill, you can run it as a paid contest. I think some of the problems which are endemic to fantasy sports, you know, fantasy sports is homogenous. I mean, like, let's be honest, it's like 90% dudes. It's, it's, it's seasonal, it's time intensive, and I think trivia is none of those things. And so what we're doing is taking the same paid model of DFS, you know, the same, you know, you know, pay in X and you win Y, you know, GPPs and things like that, and just applying it to trivia as opposed to fantasy sports. And so on our platform, every, every single day, we have contests that start every 15 minutes. And so eight o'clock might be the NHL and 815 might be, you know, fast food or 830 could be Shakespeare or World Capitals or Marvel Comics. Um, and you know, it's just, it's a, just like 15 minutes, super, super fun. Um, you know, I'm Dan, you played it. I'm, I'm sure you love it because you're just, <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, you know, we, uh, we've now for a week and, you know, so far so good. You know, we raised a little bit of a VC behind it and we're going to be doing some, you know, promotions and, you know, I, I just would encourage everyone to come check it out. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's probably familiar, not everybody, but a lot of people are with HQ trivia that. Yep. had a huge rise, like massive. Now, I don't think they monetize it. I know there's a whole bunch of other issues that, that happened around it, but is this something that you saw HQ Trivia, you saw the popularity of it and said to yourself, like, we can, we can come up with something that's, that's better in terms of a business? Because from my understanding is that wasn't a great business. It was an, it was an interesting game. People love to play it. But from a business standpoint, it was hard to monetize. What uh, did yeah. uh, did HQ that's trivia exactly, was, was that? Yeah. the the springboard for this. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so you know, one I should say like, you have a future in startups because that was a very excellent and cogent explanation. So you've got a a rich future ahead of you. Um, but yeah, like I mean. HQ to me certainly proved that people love trivia, right? Jeopardy proves that people love trivia. Bar trivia proves that people love trivia. Like trivia is just this, this you know, universally liked and fun thing that people do. HQ showed that people want to do it on their phones. And so when you get to, you know, having a million, two million people playing a game, that shows that people like it. But you're absolutely right that, you know, HQ trivia ran free, meaning even if you won, you only won like five or six bucks and that's not really a great incentive. Um, and so when I looked at how many people were playing it, I thought, well, geez, this clearly shows that people want to do this, but the business model is all wrong. Like they're reliant on microtransactions and ads, which are very, very inefficient. Whereas you look at FanDuel and DraftKings, like how efficient their business models are. And again, given that trivia is a game of skill, perhaps even more so than fantasy sports, it just made sense to kind of bolt on that much more efficient business model to the market of trivia. So yeah, I think, you know, you know, a lot of people ask me like, okay, well, you know, why are you going to survive when HQ failed? And the difference is the business model, right? Like Yahoo Fantasy Sports, like regular old season long, probably has 20 times the active players that FanDuel and DraftKings oh, yeah. has. But, you know, if they're monetizing it like at a, you know, like 10 cents a user, whereas FanDuel and DraftKings are monetizing at like $300 a user, FanDuel and DraftKings are vastly better businesses. And so that's the same logic that would apply to us in HQ. So I think the biggest thing that you see in peer-to-peer gaming um, and especially something like trivia where ultimately, you know, there is somebody who's writing these questions. The questions are available ahead of time. There's always going to be a question about fair play. And, you know, I'm curious how you guys deal with it and your policies behind it, because, 
you know, eventually those questions are going to prop up the more scale you hit sure. and the larger these contests, you know, become. So tell me a little bit about how you guys handle that and how you protect against the, or, or protect the integrity of these yep. contests, because clearly a human is coming up with these questions, unlike yep. in DFS where these games are playing and, and we yep. don't know the outcomes ahead of time. So I feel terrible for referencing this, but I think I have to, um, and I'm sorry, Ethan, but <laughs> having lived through Haskell gate, I don't want to ever live through that ever again. That was incredibly painful and I don't want to do it. So from the jump, like from day one, like we take that, like, and, and we're taking it very, very seriously. So one, on the one side of it, like we have very, very strict rules around who can play, who can see things inside of our CMS, who can write the questions. And so there is a chain of command that, you know, even I can't see the questions. And so, I mean, I can't play, but I also can't see them. Um, and so all of our questions are written in-house. And so there's no contractors. We, you know, all of our writers, all of our proofreaders, all of our editors are employees. And that certainly adds to our cost basis. But I think that the second that anyone loses faith in our platform, we don't have a business anymore. Yeah. And so like, we really, really take this seriously. And so, you know, that's how we handle it from sort of a, a chain of custody perspective. From a gameplay perspective, you know, the first thing about our game is, you know, it's trivia but you get more points the earlier you answer. And so if you answer immediately, you get a thousand points. If you answer after 10 seconds, maybe you get 200 points. And so you're disincentivized to go look something up because it takes time to go look something up. And so someone who knows the answer immediately is never going to be at a disadvantage. Second, um, you know, inside of our CMS, as our writers write the questions, we have a Google ability score. And so what we'll do is we'll look at the question and then the four answers, and then we'll do special queries out to Google via their API. And we'll look at the density of those answers inside of the responses to that query. And if it falls outside of a certain parameter, meaning the keyword comes up too much, um, we'll throw out the question. And so you know, we'll look at things like keyword densities to make sure that the question isn't easily Googleable. And then third, how you actually write the questions is important. And so, you know, one example of a very cheatable question would be what is Kanye West's highest selling album? Like that's relatively easy to go Google. A much harder question is to show a picture of Kim Kardashian and then say, who is this person's husband's least selling album? Because not only would you have to know that's Kim Kardashian, you have to know she's married to Kanye West. And then you'd also have to probably make four different queries to find out which one of the four has sold the least. And so there's a very subtle difference in the way you actually write the questions. And so between those three things, the timing, the Googleability of the question and the way the question is actually written, like I'm very, very confident that someone who is cheating will never ever win at Big Brain. Like now, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I want to get your take on it because you're the guy behind this. And I want to know that whether or not I was, I was breaking the rules here because one of my favorite things to do with big brain um, was when I was beta testing it was to sit down with my wife and we would mm -hmm. play together on our phone uh, on my phone, basically sit next to each other, cuddle up, whatever you want to say. Um, <laughs> nice and wholesome family activity. Exactly. Wholesome family activity. <laughs> and, uh, and we would play, you know, we would play these things together and, you know, I never really viewed it as quote unquote cheating the system per se, because you know, you still need to go in and you still have to, sure. to answer it accordingly. But I also found it as actually a fun thing to do yeah. from your couch yeah. with your wife, because trivia is fun, but yeah. it sucks sometimes to go on out 
to, especially now or, you know, over the last year to to go to do bar trivia somewhere and and the pain points that sometimes go along with that. So um, in terms of the terms of service, did I break them by playing them with my wife? No, no, I think that, I mean, like, that's fine. Like, I think like, you know, like we encourage that because look, like, as you said, trivia is fun. Like trivia is always more fun with your friends. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, like we encourage that, like, I think there's probably some limits to that. Like, I wouldn't sure. want you like seeing a room with like a hundred people. Um, but I mean, the reality is, <laughs> but even know, like, then so- with a hundred people, like, how are you going to know, how are you going to get the answer out in time? If you've got that's one exactly person right. so, who like, still has to make th- the call, that's the problem, right? Because, yeah. because things are timed, it takes time to get consensus. And so the more people that you're sitting with, like, you know, the more people might disagree on the answer. And so like, it takes time to get consensus. It takes time for, for people to like argue about what the right answer is yeah. and they're going to be a disadvantage. And so, yeah, like we tested this a lot too. Like we would have, you know, a skilled player by himself going up against a skilled player in, you know, like a, a pair or like, like a threesome. And there's really no difference in, and so like, you know, what really sort of matters here, I think is the topicality of the questions. And so Unlike HQ, which is just general trivia, yeah. you didn't know what, what questions were coming, you know, we're, we're topical. And so, as I said, 8 o'clock might be golf or 8.15 might be, you know, Chinese food. There's so many topics that are out there. And so if someone really is like a nerd about a given topic, like, you know, so many people nerd out about Star Wars or Marvel Comics or, you know, beer. Like, if someone's really, really nerdy about beer, you could have 10 average people sitting around a phone, they're not going to beat that one person who knows everything about beer. And so a lot of sort of what makes someone successful or unsuccessful on our app, and, and you've seen this because you played our beta, is just really making sure you're signing up for the right contests. Yeah. Like in the same way that, you know, me as a DFS player, like, I don't know Jack about baseball. Like I'm not a big baseball guy. So I'm not signing up for like, you know, trying to qualify for the fantasy uh, the fantasy baseball world championships, but I'll play a lot of basketball. And so, you know, in a given day's worth of content, we have 12 contests. And so 8 o'clock, 8.15, 8.30. If 8 o'clock doesn't speak to you, all right, cool. Like, I don't know, go walk your dog and then come play at 8.15. And so it's really just a matter of like finding the right topics for you. You just need to get that Roto-Grinders premium to help you with that baseball. I mean, we, we got you covered <laughs> there, Nick. We've, we've got tools to help you there. Um, I mean, <laughs> like, like um, I grew up in Pittsburgh, right? And so there was a time in my life, I was a huge, huge Pirates fan, huge. And like, and then the pirates started started to stink, and then the penguins started being great, and then like I only had so much time in my life, and so like the pirates just sort of faded out, and I still follow the pirates, but like, man, like DFS baseball, like I I have absolutely no doubt that if I was you know tuned into Kevin Roth and the weather, I'm tuned into some of the writers, I'd be better, but like. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just it's a grind. Behind. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a grind. I'm just happy we got NBA playoffs coming soon because I'm tired of the regular season of the NBA. I need some, I need some uh, normal lineups here. Now, um, the one thing that I, I'm curious about as well is how do you guys go about it? Like what, what level of difficulty do you want in these questions? Because there's got to be a balance there between something not being too difficult and something not being too easy. Um, because I remember in the beta, there was one time where I was like, these questions are ridiculous, Nick. I can't even, I, I didn't <laughs> know any of these things. And it was just too damn hard. And I didn't enjoy it. But then there's other times where it's like 90% of the people playing got every question right because it was too easy. Got to be tough to kind of strike that balance 
um, to uh, because obviously yeah. you don't really want everybody to get every question right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think like th- that was really like probably the best thing that came out of the beta was that. So for those who don't know, like we ran a beta for about three months um, while we were getting approval from you know uh, a couple different payment providers and things like that. And so the beta allowed us to really calibrate that. Because I think when we started the beta, like, yeah, some of those quizzes were like death marches are so difficult. Yeah. And then, you know, so like we started to calibrate a little bit, you know, we started to add pictures, we started to like, you know, make the hints a little easier. Um, so I do think we found a right balance. I think for us, you know, because it's 12 questions and each question is worth a thousand points, the max score you can score is 12,000. I think if we're doing it right, the correct average score is probably about 7,000, 8,000. Um, you know, you don't want to have like everyone scoring 12,000 because then, you know, it's just like the questions are way too easy and you don't want things that are like 2000, 3000 because it's too hard. And so as long as we sort of find that balance, um, you know, I think around 8,000, 9,000, it's right. And so, yeah, we calibrate that, you know, just by, because we're running so many quizzes a day and we'll look at the results and then we'll just sort of like do a postmortem and start to adjust things. Um, but the beta really, really helped out with that. Yeah. And uh, so just, I'd kind of like, you know, like put a bow on it. What you want is you want people who have the legitimate knowledge and are fans and are clever and smart to win, but you don't want the people who just want, you know, Hey, like I got 15 minutes to kill. Let me do something fun. You don't want them like feeling frustrated or like, Oh, this sucks. And so, you know, you want to keep it a game of skill, but you also want to make it fun. And, you know, I think we're yeah. trying to find that balance. Yeah. And, and, you know, you talked about the categories like that, that is such a differentiator for me because there are absolutely things I know nothing about. And then when Chicago sports comes up, it's like, okay, I'm, I've got yeah. this. I'm, well, I mean, I mean, I'm running it. And, uh, and it's, it's funny because it gets you excited um, and on the app. And, you know, I think it's, it, it's it's an interesting component though, I, and and I think it's it's smart though. I think it's very smart, especially. And you 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 mentioned it on the site, like you're never going to repeat questions yeah. on this, but yeah. I'm assuming you will repeat categories because there's yeah. certain oh, yeah. things yeah. like Seinfeld, we'll have, like, Seinfeld or, Office. Yeah, for people sure. love that stuff. <laughs> like what's actually been really wild is like the food and drink category is by far the most popular. Really? Like, we had, like br- like we had breakfast foods last night that had like, you know, 80 people in it. Like, like just for whatever reason, like, like the food and drink category just kills. Uh, so that's been interesting. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, on the topic of, you know, that topicality, I mean, you know, um, your boy means yeah. took down Duke basketball and like, as he should, like, who's going to know more about Duke basketball than him. Right. Like, and it was competitive though. Like there it was were, like, like uh, six or seven people who are like within shouting distance. I only think that he, he only took it down the last question. I think like it was like, you know, and it was a last... tricky question too. Yeah. It was about Carlos Boozer not being a starter where everybody would have thought that he would, but he was at the school when this was happening. And he said, Oh, Booz got hurt. He wasn't a starter. He yeah, was like, like, it, well, like it, I mean, that's obviously like a super ridiculous example of like inside information. Yeah. Well, but but the idea is that like someone who's really skilled should win. Yeah. But if we're doing it right, people who aren't necessarily like as skilled should at least be competitive. And that's exactly what happened with that Duke basketball. So yeah, like that's a great example of sort of where we want to land on that difficulty. So where right now you're only on iOS or what there are people who still have these Android devices. I don't, I don't know (laughs) who they are, but they exist in this world. Um, Is there time? What what timeline are you on? on Yeah. I'd say probably two to three months. Okay. Um, 
I mean, you would not believe some of the support emails I'm getting about like people get mad. They're like, why does this always happen? Like Android users get the shaft. Like, you know, how dare you be, be so disrespectful? I'm like, all right, take it easy. All right. <laughs> look, like I'm not saying I'll never do Android, but like, look, like in America, iOS is like 60, 70%. Like it, it's yeah. just, that's the reasonable way to do it. And like, I'm sorry you've got this inferiority complex about your phone, but it, it's coming. So trust me. Um, so yeah, about two to three months. Um, the other thing that I think I'll say that, you know, like, you know, like, might be news to you and certainly to your to your audience is that this doesn't stop with trivia like so so i would think of big brain less as like a trivia app and more about a a platform where someone can play a bunch of like real money skill games and so you know trivia is just where we started but you can separate out you know trivia the game from big brain the platform and so you know, there's going to be a second game. There's going to be a third game. There's going to be a fourth game. We just have to think about what that is. But we wanted to start with trivia because trivia is such a huge market. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, so I, like I, I love that idea. I love that idea of starting in, in in kind of building off of that because you know the platform itself. I mean, I'm not surprised. You know, you're a tech guy. Like you nailed it. Like I, I've talked to a lot of people, and and even from beginning of beta to end of beta uh night and day so you know kudos to you and the team for taking the feedback and and building out an impressive product and it was funny before the show started i asked you know just in small talk how are things going and uh and you gave the proverbial we haven't crashed yet so like (laughs) we we know anytime you've got startups and you've got tech involved that can become an issue so um you know good job there thank you yeah i mean like you know, this is my first rodeo i mean you know like you know been at FanDuel, that number fire and then you know like entrepreneurship is interesting like you have an even mix of people who come into it from like a business background and then you have people like me who came from a tech background so you know like we were always going to put like a very very high amount of importance on engineering and scalability and just you know just making sure like the the like it was a good product i mean like if this product sucked then like all of the work i would have done in my career would have been like completely wiped out because like i can't go from being like the cpo of fanduel to like you know releasing a piece of crap that sucks right so (laughs) well i'll tell you i'll tell you the next level that i think you can go to as well and i know that again, you're you're getting the product out, you're getting it in front of people, but you can build some nice community around this too. Oh, for sure. Um, yep. Between leaderboards and especially if you're reusing categories, you know, you can say like, who's the you know the all time best at Seinfeld, and and yep. who's the all time best at you know NBA. Like you can, there's a lot that can be built from this that I think is is pretty exciting. To, you know, as the user base kind of gets built up, because as we've learned in DFS. And at Roto Grinders, community is a great thing, and it really Absolutely. adds to the product. And uh, and I definitely see it, you know, with with some anything that you compete against other people, I, I think you can you can add that secondary. There's element. leaderboards, there's yeah. forums, like yep. there's. I mean, like we're going to get in a skill match around, like you know, like giving you head to heads against people that are of a similar interest set and 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 skill to you um so yeah like absolutely i think what's been interesting in a sort of macro level in the startup world is that you've got a lot of companies that kind of built the community first and then they're going to go build the product so you look at barstool you look at overtime i mean these are companies that built the audience first and you know like that is just a great way to you know guarantee that you've got people to start to play and so like 
I think we did it sort of the, the old school way of like build the product first and then they'll come. Um, but yeah, like community is, is just so huge, especially because I mean, like there's so many different options out there for your time. Right. And so, you know, if you look at things like, you know, like, like Barstool, like the brands with a ton of affinity, I mean, you know, Barstool like permeates their entire life. Like, like, it's not just like they listen to the podcast, but they refer to themselves as schoolies. They wear Barstool t-shirts. And, and so like, you know, getting to that kind of affinity to a brand is, is, is really critical. And I don't necessarily know that we want to do that, like to that level, but, but like there's, there's, but you're also like making the case already that like, who's to say like at some point in time, you don't become a part of a, somebody else's brand. And if that, what that means is, you know, I, I know you're, this is entrepreneurial thinking and whatnot, but you know, exits and whatnot, like you're building something that I think would play really well to existing audiences out there. Oh, absolutely. Besides well, I mean, like just building out your a, own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this was a story of number fire, right? Yeah. Like number fire had the IP FanDuel had the users, right? Yeah. It was difficult yeah, for us to go exactly. build the audience. It was difficult for FanDuel to build the IP. And so they just kind of mashed it up. And so, yeah, like I think, you know, the number one challenge for me, you know, and, and I don't mean to say this lightly, like I feel pretty confident in my ability to build a good product. And like, I'm not trying to sound arrogant when I say that, but like, you know, that's my wheelhouse, you know, but building an audience is always hard. Like, like, you know, I, I mean, look at companies like what Jeremy's doing with underdog, like monkey knife fight, super draft, like all these companies that are sort of, you know, struggling to find an audience. It's really hard to find an audience. That's difficult to do. Like regardless of how good your product is, it's hard to get audience. And so, you know, that's definitely the uphill challenge, but certainly yeah. I do think that the formats that we're building, the IP that we're building, you know, down the road, in, you know, like I'm not necessarily thinking about this per se, but like, I can certainly see a world where someone says like, well, shit, uh, sorry, I'm not sure. I don't know if okay, I can swear. We can cuss, we can cuss. Okay. <laughs> um, like someone might just say, look, I mean, like, wow, like that's such a fun game, but like, you know, it looks like they're in trouble finding an audience and like, well, well, they've got the audience already. And so like, honestly, right now, if you drop big brain into DraftKings, DraftKings will be making a million dollars a day on it. Exactly. Like, I'm, a, I'm sure of that. Yeah. And so Jason Robbins, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good spot. Okay. Um, you know what, boys and girls, check it out for yourself. Big brain. You can find it in the app store. Um, currently, is it like 50, dollar matching bonus on on yes. the first deposit yeah. okay yeah so, and, the, and a 20 dollar bonus for referrals okay so, and yep. it's a fun thing to do like if you've got buddies across the country or whatever you know send you know it's easy to kind of send them the link over and um again no promo codes needed right now just get on in uh and and try it and again fridays we're doing our premium show for free, all brought to you by Big Brain, and then we're playing live on the stream. Last week, it was Meansy. Um, I think he might be back again this week for the last NBA show of the season, and uh, I think the, the category I saw was sports terminology, so therefore, we, uh, we made it a little bit more fair across the uh, <laughs> uh, across the board here. So go read Wikipedia, week. go look at tennis terms and... Um, like this is totally like an off the cuff aside, um, back in the beta, we ran a contest about badminton. I don't know if you took the badminton quiz. That was the hardest quiz I ever took in my life. Um, and it just like, I don't want to make me think about that, but God, badminton was just, 
I think I got like in like I'm a huge sports fan, as are you. Yeah. I think I got like fifteen hundred on that quiz. That quiz was brutal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that's that's the cool thing about the format is that pretty much limitless in terms of what you want to uh, come up with on the content side of things. So uh, again, check them out. Check us out Friday again. Friday uh, crunch time for free. We'll be playing it on the stream so you can see it for yourself. You can play against us. As well, there are a few restricted states. Uh, check that out as well on the app. And, uh, of course, you've got the verification thing. I know it's a pain point for a lot of people when you do real money gaining. But uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, that's an important aspect of, of, of doing this is compliance. So uh, you all should be familiar with it through your, your time in DFS. But uh, check it out, the Big Brain app. He is Nick Fonadio. Nick, thanks so much uh, for doing this. Looking forward to a bunch more games that we're going to be playing in the coming months. And uh, love chatting with you, my friend. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff.